It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Alkafos, and Akash Patel. Hello, everybody. It's been a while, but we're back. This is the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship show. And yes, I know I am not JP Hurley, but... I wanted to say something real quick, just so it feels like he's here with us. I want to ask everyone who's listening a question. Why did the football coach go to the bank to get his quarterback? Now, doesn't it feel like Hurley's with us here already? That's a that's a Hurley joke for sure. Yeah. As you can tell, as I said, not JP. I am Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse. We are shaking things up a little bit. It's been a little too long since the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship show has run into your ear holes, so we're getting this done. We have a little bit of new blood. We have me. This is technically I've been on the show before. It's been a while. I have never hosted this show before, so technically a little bit of new blood as well. Uh, If you don't know who I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter, I am also the host on this channel of Dynasty Wall Street, along with John Bosch and Kane Fussell. I also do Trade Addicts Pod, Dynasty Game Night, and a whole way too much other stuff. But it's not about me. Izzy, how are you doing, man? It's been so long since I talked to you. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, I I miss doing the show, so I'm glad, you know, while Hurley's on paternity leave, that um, we can get this thing rolling. So I'm looking forward to it. Back in the wagon. I still know how to play Dynasty, so I, I think we should be okay for now. Yeah, me saying introduce yourself was absolutely the wrong phrase. Like, of all the people, everyone knows who you are already. But Akash, the real new blood here, man. Introduce yourself. Let people know who you are, where they could find you on the Twitter machines and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm Akash. You can find me on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. I'm excited to be here. It's been a great new opportunity. Yes, and we are going to take a step back, realize what time of year it is, what that means for the dynasty season. And come on, this is the DTC show. We're going to talk about player values. We're going to talk about trading and all that good stuff you are used to. But like I said, the situation, the Super Bowl is over. Congratulations, all you Rams fans out there, all you Bengals fans out there. Dude, so much good stuff coming for you in the future. I know you can't see us right now, but I got a giant, beautiful T. Higgins autographed jersey behind me. So I am there with you for that offense. What do you do after the Super Bowl? It is officially 2022. The 2021 season in the books. We have our MFL rollover. I don't play on Sleeper, but it's officially 2022 season on there too, because I say so. I don't know if they do anything special for it. So I guess let's start with the voice of reason. We'll call him on this show. Izzy, what's the first thing you do after the Super Bowl? MFL rolls over. You have the numbers of those picks in your trade box. You see exactly what's going on. What are your first steps? Yeah, so I... Um, as a lot of people know, I seldom make moves after the NFL season, mainly because if I'm holding on to picks, I just keep holding on to them until draft season rolls around because I just wait for their value to continue to increase. And there's really not a lot of opportunities, not a lot of information change for me to acquire players at discount or based on... I try to acquire players when the community or the individual that owns that player like something has shifted in that player's value where somebody is sour on a player now I want to target him or I see something that hasn't been exposed to you know the greater masses yet to where I still can take advantage and get some sort of deal for a player so that really doesn't happen in the off season um I will say that there are like the sleeper types that I'll put feelers out for and see if I can you know like Mo will love this our producer but the guy that I've been trying to acquire most in the offseason has actually been Marcus Mariota uh, because he's very inexpensive and I'm very confident that he will be a starting quarterback in 2022 somewhere. And even if he's not, I'm paying backup price for him. Um, so I really don't, there's really not any risk that I'm taking with my, with my equity. I'm just potentially getting some reward. So even if he is a backup, let's say he comes back to, to Oakland, I've paid backup value and it is what it is, but I feel strongly that he will be a quarterback somewhere um, and we'll see, kind of see how that plays out. So those are kind of the deals I try to go after. Oh man, we are definitely talking about Marcus Mariota a little later, but before we get to that, Akash, what about you? What are your first steps? What's the first thing you do when you put your brain in next season mode? 
Yeah, similar to what Izzy said, you know, there's not a lot of shift happening, but there is a lot more free time for me, I'd say, because I'm not focused on point scoring season anymore. And so it gives me time to uh, acquire some guys that I still think are undervalued if I didn't get a chance to acquire them in season. Um, same thing with sleepers. And I still like to hold on to picks. If there's a guy, there's players that I feel like will have lower value after free agency or the draft, then I'll start to try to drop them or move them around before um, what I feel could be a drop off in value. And, uh, but I'm mostly just holding on to things because like, uh, there's not a lot of stuff happening. A lot of people, a lot of stagnant value in dynasty at this point. Okay. So funny story, a little behind the curtain thing here. When we first jumped onto our team's chat to try and figure out what we would be talking about, how would we handle this first show? It was like, you know, let's do this. Let's talk about this, you know, try and make sure there's some good discussion. So we have a little bit of not really conflict, but stuff we can actually have discussions on. And I just say char character build up character. There you go. That's a nice professional way of saying making us fight about stuff. Uh, it was and my first comment was like, Izzy, you and I handle things so amazingly differently. I don't think that will be a problem. And it's really nice to see that Akash is very smart like Izzy is. And if you noticed, I said, I am nothing like Izzy. So <laughs> yeah, very strong. Do as I say, not as I do kind of man myself. I am the exact opposite of these fellas. Uh, I try and make tweaks right away, right as everyone still has points in their head because points don't matter anymore. Just like Akash said, it is not the point scoring season. We don't care that Russell Gage killed the end of the season. We don't care that some of these running backs who did really, really well at the end of last season, and they probably won't do that again at the front of the next season. I, a trap I've fallen into way too many times, but that's probably something we'll talk about later. So what I do is I try and find those guys. If I magically had Rashad Penny on any of my teams, which I don't because I'm a very, very hurt Seahawks fan, but I would be looking to move him right away. Like the first thing I do is try and see if there's anybody who has a spark of hope for the players I don't. I like trying to move those now because that is something that can get crushed very quickly. Or at least when the spark of those points don't really shine anymore. Like again, just to bring up in a, you know, this specific example, Rashad Penny was the running back six from week 13 to the end of the season. Like again. Whether Rashad Penny is good or not is not even the question right now. It's the fact that I don't necessarily have faith in Rashad Penny. Long-term, always injured, free agent. Leaving the Seahawks would probably be a terrible idea for him. But man, I'm getting way too specific when I meant to be just very broad picture. But uh, I also have a talking problem. I just like to talk. Um, so I like to do a lot of these quick little moves just to sort of take advantage of what I think will end up being sunk value so I can get a little bit of a boost. And then my biggest, biggest problem ever is trading because I'm bored. And at least at the end of the actual, like two weeks ago when I still had a day job and for a week and a half when I still don't, you know, I sit at my computer. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do now? Let me go to a league and send a trade offer to everyone in the league. You know, I, the biggest point of the of the non-point scoring season is accruing value on your team. So I just I see if I can do it. I know Izzy and Akashbo said the exact right things. Especially picks will gain value as you go, but eh, let's see what I can do. You know, I already have a feel that I know a little bit more of how I feel about the players coming in, in this draft, and maybe I like certain spots in it. Of course, that will change when the NFL draft rolls around. But still, I like to kind of play with that and just try and gain as much as I can now. So if I feel the need to get back into this draft, I have the player stock, the value of actual physical players for people that want to move out of the draft. Let's talk specifics, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we got to do. I want to talk. I wrote down the name Marcus Mariota just because this is another thing that is very smart to do after the season ends. If you haven't already done this, if you're rebuilding your team, you probably already know who the incoming, upcoming free agents are. And Marcus Mariota is one of those free agent quarterbacks. I love the idea of going after Marcus Mariota right now. Jameis Winston, another name. It's a pretty weak free agent quarterback class. So 
Is this something, Izzy, that you stick to quarterbacks on? Do you avoid running backs, wide receivers? Is there a specific group you go after harder early? Or is there just free agents, cool, let's go? Or is it specific players that you like? Yeah. Um, so I try to stay away from, as everybody on this show has heard ad nauseum, I, I avoid holding on to running backs that are not premier running backs on my rosters in the offseason because those are the ones that lose their jobs the quickest. Um, they have to dodge free agency. They have to dodge coaching staff changes, and they have to dodge um, the draft. Um, so it just – if I don't have a top 10 running back on my roster, I try to move that individual or individuals um, for whatever value I can get. Uh, for instance, we made a trade actually last year um, leading up to the playoffs. And it, so you had mentioned that you do this in the offseason. I kind of start doing it while the points are being accrued because I feel like I can get the most value for, sure. um, for players. So um, I remember I off offloaded you, Miles Gaskin and Jeff Wilson last year for your you know Super Bowl run or playoff push or whatever it was. And I think you gave me two seconds for it. And at the time, it was reasonable. You know, you got two starting running backs and i view it as i was i took over the orphan and i'm focused on the following year i don't ha i don't want miles gaskin or jeffrey wilson on my rosters going in the offseason well miles gaskin actually actually ended up avoiding competition and he gained a little bit of value but now he's back to where you're probably only getting at best a late second for him so you know, sometimes it works out great, sometimes it doesn't, but that's just kind of the philosophy. I'm always just trying to get rid of those secondary and tertiary running backs. If it's not an RB1, they're not on my team, or I don't want them on my team. Um, so for quarterbacks, I will always try to find the backup quarterback that could become a starting quarterback, because that's the easiest path to equity. And then with receivers, um, I try to target receivers that are going into year three. So that have struggled because you guys have, you know, Akash, um, he's been playing Dynasty for a couple of years. Um, you've been playing Dynasty for five or six. So and I've been playing Dynasty for about 15. And when I first started playing Dynasty, it's we had to wait our three years for a receiver to blossom. Well, once kind of like the, the new era of football and, you know, 2014 happened where it's just the game has become so pass heavy that receivers have been fast tracked into the roles and the expectations are significantly higher and they play much better, much earlier in their careers. But the reality is some receivers still need time to develop, or at least I give them the opportunity to say, Hey, listen, this, this player was, you know, like a Corey Davis, for instance, he went from the one one haven't had a bad season to Mike Williams, the same thing. He was early in the first, had a bad season. Um, struggled with injuries, people kind of gave up on them both. You can get them for really cheap, and then they spiked in value after they started producing. Um, so I try to find those struggling one and year two players that will be going into year three. Uh, and then tight ends, you can always get them. You don't need to wait for tight ends because they're always just available. You know, it, the, the hype is very rarely on the tight ends. Like Kyle Granson, for instance, was a guy that I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to target Kyle Granson quite a bit this offseason. Well, that was kind of like a hot thing to do for like a week and a half. And then people <laughs> will forget about Kyle and Granson again. So it, tight ends, you can just <laughs> kind of fade and just go after them whenever you feel like it. Whenever you're bored, you go after some tight ends. That's kind of my philosophy by position. Okay. Well, Akash, we can't let Izzy take all the spotlight right here. Is there one position you feel differently about and you can't take the running backs anymore because, you know, Izzy covered that pretty good? You know, I have a super strong wide receiver bias. I love wide receivers, whether it's smart or not smart. I won't use any bad words. I will go after wide receivers I like just because that's kind of what I do. Do you have a position that you favor that you don't necessarily care that it's not the smart time to go after them? You will plant your flag. You will go after them. Yeah, I love wide receivers, too. <laughs> They're great. My The beginning of my bio on Twitter says target share truther. And that's just because it's a microcosm of what I uh, love for wide receivers. I love, I, I just compare metrics for them and go after guys that I feel are undervalued based on their peripherals, their metrics. And like just yesterday, I made a trade for Deontay Johnson because 
everywhere he's like wide receiver like 12 to 15 everywhere even though he was he's 25 just finished as wide receiver eight ish with 17 points per game had a 30 percent or 29 percent target share it's fantastic he's gonna be he's a target hog he's Earns targets at a phenomenal rate, and I expect him to do that continuously, regardless of who his QB is. And so, guys like that, I'm just continuously trying to acquire uh, young wide receivers, old wide receivers who are cheap. I'm just a big wide receiver guy. The first time I actually met Akash, he came rolling up to the DTC booth at the expo, and he tried to state claim that he was like the biggest Deontay Johnson fan. Yeah. In Dynasty, and I had to quickly tell him. That that throne is is mine for now. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, real quick, Akash, just take off your shirt and show us your back. The Deontay Johnson tattoo you showed me. Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my first like kind of introduction to Akash. I'm like, okay, well, w- one, he's trying to you know become president of the fan club that I'm already president of. He's trying to like overthrow. Oh yes. Yeah. The, our the bio fan said club. the same thing in them. Not peacefully. Yeah. Either. yeah. Our, our bio said the same thing. I said, hey, listen, you're just gonna you're gonna have to take the VP role for now, <laughs> you know, but yeah, so that was our first little kind of back and forth. But so I thought that was kind of funny. You mentioned Deontay Johnson now, and he was the first person to mention it in 2022. So I don't know. I might have to give him the role. Oh, standing, nice. standing president. Okay. So I need you to say these words out loud. I'm going to ask you a question. Does you, you said it, but I'm going to, I'm going to put specifics here. They don't have a quarterback to Steelers. They unfortunately at the moment do have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins on their roster. So it is wide open. So whether they, for some reason, choose to start one of those guys, whether they draft a rookie or if they go get someone like Aaron Rodgers, you don't care. It's Deontay Johnson to the moon. Yeah. I doubt they end up starting Mason Rudolph. It's not very good. Even if they do, I think Deontay will be fine because he gets hyper-targeted, right? And they've been linked to Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, who are serviceable real-life quarterbacks. They'll get the job done. They've been linked to Jimmy G. He'll get the job done for Deontay Johnson. If they draft a rookie, then, well, this rookie class isn't that good. Um, I've seen QB uh, in this draft be pushed up to top 10, like close to top 5, not exactly top 5. And then at 20, they're either going to reach on someone bad or they're going to move up to someone. Uh but I try to evaluate wide receivers, especially young wide receivers, pretty situation agnostic and QB agnostic because that kind of stuff changes quite a bit. Uh, there's no real way to predict what's going to happen. And so I'm I'm just a big trust the talent kind of guy. Obviously, the situation will matter. But in for Deontay Johnson, I feel like the QB situation is pretty priced in. And uh, he's a guy that will benefit from a guy like Wentz, Jameis, Jimmy G coming in because there are some people who are out there pushing his value down, thinking that they end up with someone bad like Mason Rudolph or Carson Strong or Desmond Ritter. So if it is one of those veteran quarterbacks, then it's going to be good things for Deontay Johnson, who I expect to be a wide receiver one again and who has um, upside because a lot of people think that Big Ben is the reason that he succeeded. And I really think Ben was actually capping his ceiling because of the way that he didn't do any favors for Deontay Johnson at all. So Deontay um, actually has had a 16-game sample size with Mason Rudolph. Um, and in the 16 games that Mason Rudolph has been his quarterback, Deontay has 78 receptions, 121 targets. Sorry, 121 targets, 78 receptions, 985, and 6. So and that's with Mason there, and that's... And that's, yeah, and that's Mason with a lot of different, yeah, throughout that's his important. career, right? So yeah. um, that's the kind of the the minimum expectation I would have for, for Deontay. Yeah, because it was, uh, he was a rookie when most of those games happened, I believe. Like, only two games were um, uh, actually with, uh, when Deontay wasn't a rookie playing with Mason Rudolph, and that was, the last game of the 2020 season and the week that Ben got COVID this year. And so a lot of rookies, a lot of rookies don't perform the same as veteran wide receivers. And so Deontay as a veteran is much different from him as a rookie. And so I'd agree that that's probably the minimum expectation. Yes. So like Akash said at the beginning of his, his speech for his election of the president of the Deontay Johnson fan club, he's usually ranked ADP'd whatever kind of, numbering system you want to use around 12 to 15 of wide receivers 
wide receiver seven in PPR scoring this year. And again, with the you know decaying ghost of Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback, which I mean, Akash really pointed out, that's not good. Everyone's ex- everyone's argument is. Well, that means he's throwing low A dot, and that's perfect to write into all of those multiple catches with Deontay Johnson. But the truth is, Deontay Johnson gets the ball because he gets open. And that's important, especially if it were to be an inexperienced or not good quarterback. They'll want to see that player open before they throw the ball. So, I mean, wide receiver seven seems, if anything, extremely repeatable at wide receiver 15-ish prices, which... There you go. Who cares what time of season it is? If you can get a good deal on Deontay Johnson, you go. But I want to... Oh, you got something? Yeah. So uh, Justin Wright on Twitter, at Justin underscore 14P. I saw this the other day. I think it was yesterday, actually. Um, Yeah, it was actually 21 hours ago. Uh, He had sent a tweet that said Deontay Johnson was tied for second in targets this year. He also had the least amount of cushion for any wide receiver pre-snap. He was 24th in contested targets and 10th in target separation at the time the pass arrived. And he said, all I have to say is John Deontay is a filthy route runner. And that's, ex- I mean, th- that tweet kind of explains everything that we've kind of talked about. He gets open and he gets open fast, regardless of what the coverage is. Um, and we always see like people talking about the best run- route runners in the NFL. And I've had these conversations and Deontay is never mentioned because he's not a household name. But all you need to do is watch one Steelers game. And Deontay Johnson is 7-Eleven. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable how quick... You know what? I, I actually put out a tweet maybe a few weeks ago, but I said that Chad Ochocinco is basically Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson is basically a better version of Darnell Mooney. So it's... Chad Johnson is the, the rich man's Deontay, and Deontay is the rich man's Darnell Mooney. And I think Deontay, and we also, if you look at Chad Johnson's seasonal production next to Deontay Johnson's, he's on that Chad Johnson trajectory. And Mooney is still yet, yet to be determined, but I can see Mooney being kind of the Chad and Deontay light. But they're all kind of in that same, you know, smaller framed, amazing feet, good route runners, um, just unbelievable separation. Uh, so I mean, I like, I even like Darnell Mooney quite a bit, who's starting to get some hype or, you know, kind of tailed off in the offseason here. But yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson is unbelievable. Real quick, just to get off topic for one second. Well, off of Deontay Johnson, Darnell Mooney is very, very good. The Bears are going to bring in another wide receiver because Allen Robinson is going. Wait till that happens. Go by Darnell Mooney because people will get upset. They brought someone in. It's a reality. It's happening. It won't affect Mooney. Go get him. But I really want to bring this back to something Izzy said before and use Deontay Johnson as a bit of a transition because this year was Deontay Johnson's third year wide receiver, third year in the league as a wide receiver. Izzy said he likes targeting third year wide receivers. I was wondering if you had any in mind that you are absolutely aiming for right now and why is it Jerry Judy? (laughs) Well, yeah, Jerry Judy is, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because he absolutely is the player to be to be targeting um all of his advanced numbers suggest that he's a pretty good player unfortunately not all of it has been put together and and mainly because i think teddy bridgewater might be one of the worst fantasy quarterbacks worst quarterback for fantasy receiver i may have ever seen like <laughs> he's the he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the league just because it's so hard to be a starting quarterback in the NFL but he is god awful at supporting any sort of weaponry so i think Jerry Judy is the slam dunk go out and try to acquire alongside the Darnell Moonies um it, it's not Rager <laughs> you know, so you can't go after him um so and i feel very strongly that and he was my you know, uh, he was my wide receiver one coming out of that draft class just because I've always been a fan of the technicians, the guys that can get open, the guys with good feet. Uh, and Jerry Judy is that to a T. Um, so I, I might be a little bit biased in saying, hey, he just needs a quarterback to succeed. Um, but yeah, Jerry Judy is the guy 
and I don't think that his value will his value will only inflate if they bring in a stud quarterback. But I think as long as there even if there's a decent quarterback or a rookie quarterback, I don't think his value will shift at all, and he's still pretty undervalued. Um, right now, he's currently wide receiver twenty eight. Right next to actually tied basically dead even with Darnell Mooney in Dynasty. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to grab him as a wide receiver three with upside. Yeah, I'm going to pile on this because, like I said, Jerry Judy is the right answer. Um, if you go to DynastyTradeCalculator.com, you check out the calculator and you type in the name Calvin Ridley, you will see Outhouse's mans pop up on the little icon over there. When Jerry Judy was coming into the league, I kind of stared at him and I was just like, he might be Calvin Ridley plus like like to me, that's that's who Jerry Judy can be. Jerry Judy is pretty much the same kind of player as Calvin Ridley, a little better with open space. So maybe he doesn't play as big as Ridley does. There's a there is difference to their game, but I'm a very big fan of Jerry Judy. And if you know anything about me, I'm always willing to make excuses for players I like that haven't produced well. And the thing is, it's not just one with Jerry Judy. There's like a good four. and. When you put them all together, along with we have gotten spoiled when it comes to rookie wide receivers. What happened the rookie year of Jerry Judy? Justin Jefferson happened. He literally made re- he broke records. He set history of what rookie wide receivers should be doing. Well, not should be doing. Oh, no. Have done. That's much better to put it. Jerry Judy comes in 600 yards and a couple of touchdowns. That That's really good. Like. That's great for a rookie wide receiver. We're getting so spoiled that we forget that they're not supposed to put up 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. And the problem is it keeps happening every single year. But Jerry Judy is very, very, very good. He's one of those people that will and can always be open. And yeah, it doesn't help having literally the minimum of not bad quarterbacks as his quarterback. You know, Drew Locke was there his rookie year, which I loved for Cortland Sutton because Man, Cortland Sutton just needs a dude that'll close his eyes and throw the ball. And that's really what Drew Locke is. But that is not what helps Jerry Judy. And then Bridgewater is the kind of quarterback we need for Judy. But it's like, give me Dak instead. Dak is the kind of guy who waits for people to get open and will always get them the ball, which is why you look and they have Gallup and Amari Cooper, guys that play that way. Bridgewater, like like everything Izzy said, I'm like almost hurting my neck, nodding my head. Yep. 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 Yeah. Bridgewater's not that guy. They have to do anything. Man, Jimmy Garoppolo would be an upgrade at this point, which sadly it hurts my heart to say is somewhat of a reality because I don't want that to happen. But also Russell Wilson said he would wave his claws and one of those team was for the Broncos. My heart like almost explodes at the idea of Sutton and Judy having Russell Wilson throw them the ball. But I mean, okay, Izzy's looking to talk. I was going to throw it to Akash because he hasn't talked in way too long. But Izzy, if you got something to say. If Akash is, if Akash is ready, I'll, I'll cap it. I'll cap this conversation. Now, I'm not ahead, asking Akash. you to pile on the Jerry Judy love, which please no. feel free if you want to. But is there another third year? Why? No, he put a thumbs down. Never mind. We're muting Akash. Izzy, okay. no. <laughs> yeah, I just gave a thumbs down. I'm not big on Jerry Judy. Like you said, he's priced around wide receiver 25. He's 28 on the one you were looking at. But he's been nothing but persistently mediocre in the NFL. Like in his rookie year, he had a 21% target share, which is fine. But last year, he had a 20% target share. In his rookie year, he had a 64 PFF receiving grade. And last year, he had a 70 PFF receiving grade. He had um, yards per hour run of 1.85. He had eight points per game last year. He's been nothing but mediocre in the NFL. And I remember talking with someone, it was a group chat in a sleeper league about how we were joking about how Jerry Judy had the highest, um, he was number one in separation when he was targeted. But uh, we were joking because that sort of thing, like where uh, it could be misconstrued to say to propel a Jerry Judy hype train, when in reality that separation doesn't correlate to target volume at all. And good players earn targets in many different ways. Even if you're a great route runner, like I said this for Amari Cooper throughout his career uh, over the last couple of years when people are hyping him up saying his top five upside, even if you're a fantastic route runner, if you don't earn targets at a high rate, uh, it, does, it doesn't mean that you're going to earn targets at a higher rate next year just because you're a good route runner. Like Target share is a really sticky stat and I trust it. The, my bio literally says target share truther. And so Jerry Judy, even if he is a fantastic route runner, he hasn't shown anything to be a guy that's earned consistent volume or earned very good volume at all. 
And so I don't really expect him to break out in any fantastic way. I think I ran his um, comps for a second season, and it was some players with a couple wide receiver two seasons, some players without any top 36 seasons. I think that Jerry Judy could be a guy that is persistently mediocre or maybe hits a couple times, which is not something I want to bet on as my wide receiver theory. I don't think that he has meaningful upside. I think that he maybe gives you some wide receiver two production, but I think that he is either going to do that or he's going to not give you any good production at all. This is a guy that's been outproduced by Tim Patrick uh, throughout his career. Like, I'm not uh, interested. I think we're taking um, the Denver context out of the numbers and out of consideration for Jerry Judy. So um, Russ and I are looking at the context and you're just looking at isolating Jerry Judy without any context, which is which is fine. I mean, that that's your process. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I don't want to bury him until, and I want to find the opportunity because this is the big thing with players with name recognition. This is yeah. also a reason why you could be targeting a guy like Brian Edwards, who's also dirt cheap, but obviously way, way dirt cheap. I mean, he's, he's worth just next to nothing at this point, Jerry Judy and Brian Edwards for different reasons. But with, with Jerry Judy, if he has a good start, to the 2022 season, just to, it doesn't have to be a great start. His value spikes quickly. Whereas you could look at a player that doesn't have, like, for instance, let's look at who'd be a good example for this. Who's another third year receiver that doesn't have the same. Let, let's look at LaVisca. Okay. LaVisca would have a, or, or Jalen Rager is a good example. Jalen Rager, if he had a, if he goes out in the first game of 2022 and he has, you know, six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown, and you look at what Jerry Judy's value would be if he had six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown, everybody would gravitate towards Jerry Judy because he's arrived. We've been waiting for this. His situation in Denver, you know, we'll assume that the context was he had a bad quarterback situation and he now has a good one and he's back. So, that in itself is worth the price tag of wide receiver 25 or 28. We can't just look at what we think the player will be in his following season. We have to look at what will the player's value be if X, Y, or Z happens. And he will still have value insulation to where even if he comes out and he's a wide receiver three and he's just what he's been the last couple of years, you can still probably get him offloaded off your team for wide receiver three prices. So really, when we talk about risk-reward, there is no risk in acquiring Jerry Judy. If you don't like what you see early on in 2022, you can then move him at wide receiver three prices. So when I find a situation like that where all I see is upside and very little risk, I'm in on that. So I kind of feel the same way with Brian Edwards. Like His value is completely dissipated, but Twitter is very, and a lot of our leagues are tied to Twitter. Um, I'm guessing you guys as well. A lot of my leagues are tied to Twitter. Um, but Brian Edwards is a Twitter darling. People on Twitter love Brian Edwards. And if he has that wide receiver three season, or yeah, no, sorry, that, that year three uh, wide receiver season that kind of shows him that he has a little bit more talent. I'm less, I have very little faith in Brian Edwards, um, mainly because he can't separate. Mm-hmm. But, which is which is funny because Jerry Judy is the exact opposite of that based on the, uh, based on the analytics. But I look at Brian Edwards the same way. Like if I, if he doesn't pan out, I just, I just drop him. I paid third round pick for him in a 2022 class that isn't very strong or isn't very deep. But if he does spike, then I have something there where I can move. So you, we have to, we have to not look at just the player and what we expect. We have to look at, well, if we, Let's say for you, Akash, let's say you expect Jerry Judy to be very average. Well, even if you're right, you still can trade Jerry Judy for what you expected to trade him for. But if you're wrong, you missed an opportunity. Well, I think that uh, what you're saying about Jerry Judy has inflated his price. Like he carries name value. That's inflating his price. People expect a quarterback change to help him. That's inflates his price. People think that he's going to break up because he's a great separator. That inflates his price right now. And so I don't think that the price is without downside. I think that if he comes out and he is 
consistent any as what he has been for the last two years. What we've seen from him, he was 70th in points per game in his rookie season. He was 60th this last year. If he is not even a wide receiver three, there's a possibility, a very real possibility that he's a wide receiver four or worse. And if he is that, then you're not going to be able to move him for what you could at the beginning of the season. Real quick question. What do you think? Let's give me a specific pick in the 22 draft right now. What pick number do you think you need to send to go get Jerry Judy? Mm-hmm. What what people would accept yes. is different from what I would send. No, I, ex- yes. Let's pretend you are controlling someone else's team and they say, I want Jerry Judy on my team. Go get him for me. What pick would you send to go get Jerry Judy? I would like a 109 or a 110. That's higher than what most people think. I think that the drop off is going to be at the early second in this class. And so I'm fine with sending an early second, but I don't want to send a late one. But that's what I think that's what you have to send to be able to get him. Is he? So you, you, let me ask you a follow-up question, then I'll answer that, um, answer Russ's question. If he comes out and doesn't have a great start, he's doing his normal 50 yards a game, he's getting targeted, whatever, he's getting his you know, six, seven targets a game, or whatever it is, and he kind of has what he did last year in the first few games, what do you think you would have to, what do you think you could trade him for? If you have to pay the 110 during the draft, or right now, 109-110, if he has a start just like he finished in 2021, what do you think you can trade him for? Like a mid-second? So you think after three games he would drop to a mid-second? Three games? I don't know. Market market reacts pretty quickly sometimes. Yeah. They overreact and they underreact. Okay. So I'm with you. I think the 110 is probably the right number. Maybe I might, you think you might be able to squeeze a 111 during the draft, depending on the Denver situation. Like if Aaron Rodgers, th- that's the thing. If Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, like just the fact that there is potential for a big name quarterback to end up in Denver is the main reason to go after Jerry Judy, not necessarily whether you think he's good or not, because it's irrelevant. He will get a if he gets a big name quarterback, his value spikes without him even taking the field. It's a kind of the same conversation we had with Cam Akers when he got injured. It's not about what Cam Akers will do on the field when he comes back. It's just that Cam Akers needs to be on the field. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the same thing with Jerry Judy. He doesn't actually need to take a snap. So Denver is the I think if you ask any analyst out there, what is the number one situation a veteran quarterback would want to go to to try to win a Super Bowl? And it's the Denver Broncos. So I think there's going to be a lot of attention drawn to Denver. And it won't be Tim Patrick. It won't be Cortland Sutton. It will be Jerry Judy that's the value beneficiary of a quarterback showing up there. So I think the 110-111 is an absolute slam dunk approach to try to go after Jerry Judy just because of the chance that you could, by the time the draft rolls around, you could... Just trade Jerry Judy for a significantly better pick if he gets that quarterback. Just that chance alone is worth it. And I think if he struggles in 2022 for the first few games, I still think you can get an early 23 second for Jerry Judy. So I I really don't see, and and I think most people will agree, that an early 23 second is probably worth a late 22 first this year. So when we're talking about what's really the value loss, even if it's a mid-Akash, it's really not that big of a delta to say it's not worth acquiring Jerry Judy because he could be worth a 23 first. And that in itself is worth the acquisition cost. What would you pay in a 22 rookie pick if they got like a Rogers or something, which would be the biggest name they could get? So this is a great question for a guy like me. I will Because you're not, a big Judy, Judy guy. I will not touch Jerry Judy after Aaron Rodgers signs with Denver. Wow. I, I'm priced out. I look at it very simply. I had a chance to get something on sale and I didn't acquire it on sale. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pay full price. What would or you inflated price? What would the what, pick be? What would the market? Okay. Yeah. So if it was a I think that 104 would be the number. Damn. I think that if Aaron Rodgers signs in Denver, Jerry Judy, you will have to give up the 104 to acquire Jerry Judy. That seems really high. It's, okay. it's not. It's, it's okay. Not. I won't. Because, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Russ. 
I've been quiet for way too long and it's bugging me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to answer my own question and then I want to kind of talk about what Izzy was saying a little bit. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'm going to agree with everything Izzy just said because Akash is wrong. I'm just kidding, buddy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the 110 is pretty much the exact right number, which Akash did technically say first. Uh, the reason I think it is the 110 because it's that, s that second tier, that big chunk of wide receivers. So why does that trade make perfect sense? We believe the same thing in those two spots. We believe Jerry Judy has that upside of a young wide receiver to do really well in his situation. What's that second chunk of wide receivers? A chunk of wide receivers we believe can do really well at this point, regardless of the situation they go into. But we know Jerry Judy's situation, which is more information and more information is always better. So that, that is the perfect spot. And why I agree with the 104 as what would happen if Aaron Rodgers were to sign there and why I would. Again, me and Izzy are very different. I would probably pay it. Um, it's because you're moving up to that first tier. You're in a tier where you have to pay because you know he's now in a better position. So yes, I, I, I absolutely agree with, I was going to say the 106 and hope for the best. Yeah, because that seems better. That's the bottom of that first tier for me. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a little not all the way at the bottom with all the quarterbacks that might now have pushed themselves up higher in super flex drafts. But Still, again, perfectly okay with either of those, to be fair, just because, again, there's less risk because we've seen him do well. And I know, Akashi, we're saying separation doesn't always equal targets, mm -hmm. but it can and it should, especially when you're doing it better than everyone else on your team. And I know you, it seems like you do a lot of stuff more numbers based and I am insanely narrative based. So what I say is very anecdotal and very stuff I've seen and heard. So I, I will bet on that more than projecting numbers from college to get into the NFL. I'm always willing to pay the wait and see tax, which would be those five or six uh, draft picks after Rodgers comes in, which, again, Izzy is the smart man not willing to do that because there probably won't be a value increase after that jump. That's the jump. So when he does well, unless you find people that double count that doing well, you're not going to get more. For Judy, that will be his value, which I'm okay paying. But the smart move when you are doing this as an asset, as a value, is to buy early or not at all. Right. I mean, yeah, if you buy at the 110, you're buying into a certain output for 2022 in terms of production. If you pay for the 104, now you've increased the expected, you know, expected output, and he needs to exceed that expected output for him to be worth more than the 104. So it's like, I I'm okay with one or two things happening him getting a quarterback and i can jump from 110 to 104 in terms of value or him putting you know putting together a decent start to 2022 regardless of who the quarterback is and i can try to get that higher you know pick or you get that 23 first or whatever the case may be you decide what i want to do because of the output expectation um and him exceeding it so it really all depends and you know, you said the 104, I kind of look at the names and it's so hard to say right now because we don't know combine numbers. We don't know um, draft um, capital. We don't even know situation landing spot. So much can change. But I'm looking at this right now. If you asked 20 analysts to give, the, give you their top five rookies right now in Superflex, I'd be, I would be surprised if more than a couple had the exact same top five. In terms of the exact same order. Oh, interesting. I mean, it, a lot yeah. of what we're seeing is kind of the same players, very different order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, we're seeing a lot of Malik Willis 101 now. I think right now he's kind of been the favorite for the 101 alongside Brees Hall and Traylon Burks. Yep. I'd say those are probably the top three in some kind of order. Then you have a lot of people that are fans of Kenny Pickett. Then you have a lot of people that hate Kenny Pickett. Then you have some people that really like Isaiah Spiller. And then when you look at the next receiver, you're going to have guys that are in love with Garrett Wilson. You're going to have guys that are in love with uh, Drake London, some guys that are willing to you know, wait for Jameson William to recover from his injury. Like He's up there too. And then after, the, after those four guys, or after those three guys, really, I can see a lot of different things being, I can see Garrett Wilson at four, Drake London at four. I can see Matt Corral at four, Spiller, Pickett. I can see any of those guys being four. So it's like, and I can also see if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver, I can see Jerry Judy being four. You know, where would I rather have Jerry Judy with Aaron, tethered to Aaron Rodgers and 
this is not me. I'm saying what people will think. Would rather have Jerry Judy tethered with Aaron Rodgers, or would rather have an unknown 104? Let's say Garrett Wilson's my favorite receiver at 104. Would rather have Garrett Wilson with a complete unknown? I think most people that like Aaron Rodgers and like situations most will target Jerry Judy in that spot. That's kind of where I came up with my 104. Okay, so we're going to move on a little bit before we wrap this up. When we were talking about the third-year wide receivers, Izzy said the name LaVisca Chenault, and Akash got a smile on his face with a big thumbs up. So I want to give you a minute to talk about LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, that's right. LaVisca Chenault was a guy that I was really in on after his rookie season because he had a good rookie season, and his, he looked really good in my comps. Uh, I remember that the, like the top guys were... Calvin Johnson and DJ Moore and I joked that he's probably not going to be Calvin Johnson but I do expect him to be good and then he had a disappointing second season um, which is never what you want to see and his second year comps weren't as good but I said I said that his second year uh, one of his second year comps was Devontae Adams which is something that you never want to see because Devontae Adams did not have a good start to his career and so if a guy has a Devontae Adams as his second year comp as one of them it's probably a trap but I said I said that I was also still in on LaVisca Chanel because he's so cheap. He's going like wide receiver 50 or later going around guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Van Jefferson, uh, Joshua Palmer, Nico Collins, guys that are not as good as LaVisca Chenault. Uh, and I'm still in on him because he's cheap and he had good rookie comps. So I expect him to be at least somewhat good, even if he had a bad second season. And I will add my narrative-based thinking on it. You write off anyone when they had Urban Meyer as their coach in the NFL for that year. That that team was just, we'll forget that year happened for the Jaguars. And yeah, I'm, I'm keep also, your blinders on. It yeah. helps your argument. I love okay. it. Any strong feelings on Visca before we head out of here, Izzy? No. I, if, if you can get a year three wide receiver with name recognition um, at wide receiver 50, 60, 65 range, I, you, you, you take it. It's worth it. Okay. Well, before we get out of here, just because, again, this is our first show back after a while, it's our first show of the quote-unquote new season. Do you have any last one-hits, go-do-this-right-nows before we say goodbye? Yes. Go by Deontay Hardy or Deontay Harris. His name, he's changing his name because he wanted to honor his stepfather, but Deontay Harris was top six, I believe, in PFF receiving grade. He was also top in yards per hour run and targets route run he was close to top six maybe he was top 10 in both of them he's fantastic in both in those metrics on a saints team that had horrible volume horrible weapons he really shined on limited routes and so he's a guy that i'm targeting for dirt cheap sending like late thirds even fourths for him because i love advanced metrics and he performed very well in them is he yeah um i'll I'll let Akash have that without saying anything about it. So that, that's, that's uh, he's, he's cheap enough to where he's cheap and, yeah he's cheap enough to where it doesn't warrant an um a like an argument against it like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I won't I won't say anything negative about about the take just because he's so oh, cheap. Oh yeah, there's definitely so. nothing. It's not it's not perfect. It's not a guaranteed hit, but it's definitely way cheap. Yeah, 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 super cheap. I, I agree with that. It's it just he's it's like a five five wide receiver. It's just it doesn't doesn't move the needle for me. But um, really, from a from a takeaway perspective, I I really think that do whatever you can do in your personal bit. So Russ talked about getting impatient or bored or whatever the case may be. As long as your patience does not boil over into trading rookie picks for running backs, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Just for the love of God, please do not trade rookie picks for what you think will be. So people will look at their rosters right now, and it's February 20th today that we're recording. And they're going to try to think, oh, I'm missing... A running back. I need an RB2 or I need an RB3. And they draft, they trade um, based on a starting lineup seven months away from the start of the season. So we're, we're closer to the start of last season than we are to the start of next season. You do not need to worry about 
who's in your starting lineup right now, you should strictly be going after players that you think are going to be increasing in value. Um, you should be offloading players that you worry will lose their jobs or will be threatened by the draft. Um, you know, actually, it's, what's funny is I will look to maybe offload Cam Akers just because, actually, I don't know how good Cam Akers will be next year. But what I do know with Cam Akers is that the Rams are in no position to bring in significant um, competition for him. So looking at the landscape, you have to figure out, okay, what players am I worried about? What players am I not? Do a really good deep dive onto your rosters on what players you are. Jot down the names that you're actually worried about. And if you're worried about them now, you should move them. But you should not be acquiring any running back that is not a top 10 dynasty asset. I, I will say that over and over and again. Please do not do it. Just try not to do it. And worry about your roster after the, worry about your roster come July or August. Don't worry about your roster construction now. Never in a million years did I think Izzy was going to steal like the two or three points I was about to make. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, they're good points. I'm glad you agree with them. Yeah, I was about to say, man, go have fun and make some trades anyway. But if you're doing that, don't make bad trades. Don't go and worry about your starting lineup because you're not going to have to set a lineup for about seven months. So don't reject a trade because you're worried about being weak at wide receiver three. Don't go trade for a second tier RB because you feel like you're weak at running back because you're not weak at anything. You literally don't have a lineup to worry about. So there is no such thing as weakness. What you're doing is amassing as much value on your team as you can so you can worry about running backs when you have to worry about running backs. And then I was going to pivot that into just don't trade for running backs right now. You know, as, as long if they're like super cheap, like don't worry about sending a late second for a running back. It's not the smartest thing to do. But if you like a guy like uh, Devin Singletary, you think he's going to continue what he did. Go get him. Why not? If you, you know, there's a running back, you could send a third for it. It's a third. Go have fun. That's that's why we play this game. Unless you're playing high stakes, in which case never listen to me because I am absolutely volume low stakes kind of guy. And I mean, that's that's really it. Go. I, trading right now necessarily might not be the smartest thing in the world, but you don't always have to be so smart about it. Go have fun. Go play a little. It's a game. Go do it. But on that note, we're going to wrap up at Dynasty Outhouse at YZR underscore fantasy. And of course, at DTC underscore Izzy E. This has been the return of the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship show. We're here now. We'll be back again. And while you're at it, go visit DynastyTradeCalculator.com for the awesome calculator, the wonderful rankings, and the many other things all of us wonderful people have to give you to help you win your leagues. And thanks for coming along for the ride. Thanks.